Buck Show. It's uncut. It's unfiltered. This is the show of shows. This is the biggest names in drag racing. No holds barred. Speaking his mind. I've never had a problem expressing my opinions, but what we're doing here is bigger than that. These are conversations that need to be had in an unfiltered way. Exploring hot topics. Drag racing's all I've ever done. It's all I care to do. And spreading the gospel of drag racing. I respect the history. I appreciate how far we've come, but I want more for this sport, and I'll fight for it. This is the great American motorsport, drag racing. The West Buck Show starts in three, two, one. Hey gang, Wes Buck here, Drag Illustrated Magazine, checking in. It is Wednesday, November 16th, 2022. Hope you guys are doing well. Please, right quick, before we get this show started, and we, of course, like obviously at this stage in the game, we got a barn burner on lock for you today. But before we get going, do me a favor, do me a quick solid, click like, click share, click subscribe if you're watching along on YouTube and help us spread the message, spread the gospel of drag racing. I truly believe this is the great American motorsport, and we have to do our part to spread the gospel of drag racing. So please um, uh, help us do uh, do your due diligence. Be a part of it, right? Be a part of the movement, right? We're trying to change things. We're trying to do big things for the sport of drag racing, and it's going to take all of us. I've been having this conversation a lot lately as I have extended invitations to the 2023 running of the Drag Illustrated World Series of Pro Mod, and I'm curious... Uh, or not, I'm curious. Uh, one of the things that I've had to say a lot, one of the conversations that I've been having with drivers is that the World Series of Pro Mod is about taking drag racing somewhere else. It's about discovering what more is out there for the sport of drag racing. And I believe it is a vehicle to achieve that. And I got to tell you, it, it extends beyond that. It extends to Drag Illustrated. It extends to all of us. There's more out there for the sport of drag racing. This is, I tell you guys all the time, I pinch myself every day that I get to operate in this community amidst this group of people, innovators, problem solvers, some of the most incredibly smart and sophisticated people I know operate within the drag racing space, small business owners, medium and big business owners across the board. This is an incredible community and we deserve more. This sport deserves more. So please help us spread the message. Click like, click share, engage. Age, right? Throw us a question. Ask, ask a question. Uh, spout off a comment. Let us know your thoughts and your feelings about this stuff. It's important, and it's our job here at Drag Illustrated to keep the conversation going. Everybody was fired up over the weekend, right? We're crowning champions in Pomona. Big things happening, but we got to keep that momentum. We got to keep the pot stirred up. We we take some flack from time to time. We put our foot in our mouths. We say something we shouldn't have, but we appreciate you loving us through it because we're trying to do the Lord's work. And keep people talking about the sport of drag racing and keep people excited through the week. Without any further ado, uh, and before I continue to rant and ramble on like a crazy person, uh, we got a big show for you today. We actually kind of pulled back a little bit. Everybody, There's a lot of moving parts at this point in time. In case you've uh, been living under a rock, you likely know the NHRA drag racing season came to a close. The camping world NHRA drag racing season came to a close this past weekend out in beautiful Southern California, Pomona, California. Uh, an iconic facility on the NHRA Camping World Tour. Wrapped up a slew of championships. We saw Ron Caps crowned the world champion uh, for a third time, his first as a team owner and driver out there in Nitro Funny Car. We also saw Brittany Force get the job done, continue the role she has been on here late in 2022 and lock up her second NHRA Top Fuel World title. And as has well been discussed over the course of the last couple of weeks, Erica Enders went out uh, and, you know, 
carried on the torch after rocking, uh, clinching the championship at the NHRA Las Vegas Nationals. We also had Matt Smith in a really, really hairy battle uh, out there to secure his fifth NHRA Pro Stock Motorcycle World Championship. So lots of things happening. And if, uh, in case you weren't aware, the NHRA does a huge championship awards banquet, a huge gala in Los Angeles the Monday after the NHRA finals. So a lot of our guests or people that we would typically have on the show following a weekend like I just described are out of pocket. They're traveling. They're bouncing across the country. I just talked to Matt Smith, and he's driving across the country with his wife, Angie. Uh, Erica Enders, she's up in Wisconsin at a sponsorship meeting. So there's just lots of moving parts right now. So what we decided was let's pull back a little bit. Let's talk to Ron Caps exclusively, share some time chatting with him. Yes, sorry about that. It's a sixth world title for Matt Smith. I appreciate you guys keeping me honest. Um, but we are also going to unveil about 3.30 p.m. Central Standard Time a, a major announcement here, uh, the next of the invited drivers for the World Series of Pro Mod. So I hope you'll hang around. Uh, but before I carry on any longer, let me go ahead and introduce my cohorts here on the West Buck Show at Drag Illustrated. The one, the only Mike Carpenter, JT Hudson. What's up, guys? You doing well? You have a good weekend? Yeah. Good? Yeah, dude. How about you? Yeah, man. man, good. You know, good. Um, not as good as... Busy. Not as good as some of these champions. Not as good oh, as Ron Caps. Ron Caps might have had the best weekend. Yeah, I Won think the Ron Caps by yeah. three points. Oh, dude, crazy. how crazy is that? <clears throat> the whole situation out there. I really, when I look back on this, see, I've never been this excited about NHRA drag racing. Like, I, I, I mean, God bless it. It's had moments over the course of time. Like, I wish I was around for some of those heyday moments back in the quote unquote glory days. But I feel that whole thing that we're living in the glory days, that's never been more true than it is right now. I think what we saw in 2022 across the board from top fuel to funny car to pro stock to pro stock motorcycle, we've seen an incredible increase in the level of competition, the number of competitive cars and bikes that are fielded across the board big personality, some people coming out of their shells. Uh, it's been a really high tide moment for the sport of drag racing, specifically the NHRA. And I hope everybody involved in that deal. I, I didn't watch along or anything. I don't know if they were streaming the gala, but I hope I someone, did. okay. I hope someone told this group of people, if they haven't, we will do it here across the board. You guys showed up and showed out. I know that's a cliche thing, but I think about Doug Foley, right? Josh Hart, all these guys, you know, Steve Torrance. I mean, Trip Tatum at the beginning of the year winning a race. I mean, Top Fuel looks, I mean, we uh, Brittany Force is going to get a, a, a lump sum of the, the spoils here. She's going to get her flowers and she deserves them. But the, the championship battle that ensued here late in the year, Steve Torrance kind of trips and stumbles, has a rough part uh, early season, then kind of comes on strong right after going on the cover yep. of Drag Illustrated Magazine, side note, but <laughs> comes on strong through his we hat the back opposite. into the ring. We, we have an opposite of the Madden curse. If we put you on the cover, I you're so going to be doing something good. It does. It works. It works like almost it every works, time. Man. <laughs> it's crazy. It does, right? I mean, and then you've got... Uh, of course, the usual suspects, Antron Brown, uh, Justin Ashley really emerging as a star, a, a championship contender. I don't know that anybody pegged them to be in contention for the championship in their second full season. I mean, just across the board, the fuel racing, it's been a long time since it's looked this good. We can say the same thing about Funny Car. Holy moly, we got these new teams. Uh, Tony Schumacher, I skipped him back in contention in Top Fuel, going to be around for a while. This is... I hope everybody involved, and, and I'm not excluding Pro Stock and Pro Stock Motorcycle because the story, I mean, think about Joey Gladstone. 
I mean, this yeah. guy, I didn't even know who this human being was a few years that, ago. I thought that's who you meant when you said it, you know, it was Harry. It was Harry. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was Harry, you know, but like Joey Gladstone wasn't on my radar a few years ago. And now he is literally right. standing on a stage alongside Matt, alongside Matt Smith contending for a championship. I mean, these people are coming out of the woodwork pro stock. I mean, we've got teams fielding eight cars in 2023 uh, by those are the what I'm hearing from sources close to the situation that elite motorsports will have eight cars in 2023. Got Erica Enders out here locking up a fifth world championship, uh, battling out her arch rival, Greg Anderson, who was pretty much right there all year long. TJ Coughlin, Troy Coughlin Jr., whichever you choose to call him, I'm sticking with TJ. I mean, really showing up and just demonstrating that he's going to be a contender in the factory hot rod class. I mean, holy shit, we just talked about pro. I mean, we just talked about the pro ranks. I mean, am yeah. I wrong or have you ever seen it's not, I don't I don't recall it ever being like this. No, heck, make, made me a fan this year. You know, really? I mean, I didn't hardly no. even pay attention to NHRA before this year, really. Yeah. And we talked about it all year, how hot NHRA has been. And I think that they there's some luck involved and they got lucky with the champions that they ended up with. So these are the people that you get to roll out all year. Um and I know we're not picking favorites, and Ray doesn't have favorites, but some really, uh, some really great champions this year that really represent the sport well. We got two female champions uh, in the pro ranks, so you you really can't ask for much more. I, I think the championship or the last couple of races could end up a little bit anticlimactic, but obviously with the countdown that helps prevent that. And I think man, it ended on a high note. And then of course you got the banquet, which I feel like they've poured more into recently or everyone is is more into going i i basically my entire social media feed has been banquet photos for the prom photos is what two they or three look days, like days it sounded right? like sounded like it's a party <laughs> you know? yeah i think we were supposed to be there we were gonna yeah. go to pomona we couldn't make we the scheduling have. work but yeah. uh definitely some fomo there i had a little bit of fomo you know and it was pomona is special if you've been there that venue, it's one of the ones that I haven't been there for the nature to talk race. about. Really? Well, I mean, it has there's an air about it. It's one of those places that you, you get you just going through the the chain link fence to pull onto the property. You recognize the history. I mean, this is where it's essentially the birthplace of all this movement. You walk into that joint and you can sense it, you can feel it in the air, and then you look off uh, in the distance and you see the snow-capped mountains you got a city street running along one side of the grandstands you got planes landing off in the distance down beyond the sand trap it's a really really incredible place and it's so fitting uh, that that's where drag racing goes to like finish it all up right wrap up the season yep. really special venue and i think you know huge shout out to the nhra everybody involved i'm sure there was a lot of layers to the onion of getting a 10-year extension on running races at that track. That was a, a post on our social that really performed well. I think people, despite how everybody wants to act about California, especially the right-leaning, leaning conservative natured like car guys and gals and racing masses, we sure love us some Pomona, right? I mean, <laughs> that place is special to all of us. You think so, in and out pulled the strings and, and made that happen? If in and out doesn't went have that type the, of authority, authority I'd be governor. disappointed. Went straight yeah. to the governor and said, hey, dude, we ain't shutting this place down. <laughs> no. I mean, you couldn't. I, I, I literally, there are certain things, man, that are like an institution. And I, I was really proud to see drag racing as like a community, especially like our big leagues, the NHRA. I was really proud of them for like, 
planning that flag. That was a ballsy announcement, right? You've got all these people saying that Pomona is not going to be on the schedule next year, that that event's going away, blah, 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 blah. California's shutting down. It's going to fall into the ocean. Who knows what's going to happen? And it, what's NHRA do? Cromwell comes out and says, no, guys, real quick, we're going to run out there for the next decade. Not next year and the next, but the next decade decade. So that's Doubling the type down. of shit we need from our president, from the NHRA president. I thought that was a fantastic move. It was really well-timed. Again, you can't ask for a better place to wrap up the NHRA season. And to your point, I don't know that you could ask for better champions. I love all of them. And I wish we could give all of them one of those big ass trophies and big checks. But when you think about it from a marketing uh, standpoint, people that have big personalities, I mean, let's start with Matt Smith. This guy's a great champion. He's crazy passionate he's hands-on he's a man's man he's a a car guy's That's car an understatement guy, right to say he's hands-on yeah. yeah yeah i mean it's really really incredible in my opinion that you have a guy like that and he's i mean he i told him on the phone earlier like hey man you're in iconic state status you know what i mean like you you're on the the mount rushmore of pro stock motorcycle and that's i mean that's a fact like we can debate it in the other classes we can debate it about Erica and Pro Stock. We can debate it about Ron Capps and Funny Car. And we can debate it about Top Fuel and Britney Forrest. But there is no debate. There is zero argument about Matt's rightful place in, in Pro Stock motorcycle history. Four, so to four have championships Matt, in the last five years for him. Monumental. Uh, man. So he's really, I mean, he's he's uh, achieved that status. You could see it. He was like, he's been on his way, but he's really achieved that in the last last five years. I also think he's wearing it well. Right. I mean, I feel like he's embracing it like, hey, man, you're an ambassador for the sport of drag racing. There's a lot of eyes on you and you're, you're getting the flowers you deserve. You're having this moment. And I'm really glad to see it. Erica Enders is a champion in pro stock, Houston, Texas native uh, girl next door that can drive a pro stock car better than anybody on the planet Earth, in my opinion. Five time world champion well on her way to be she is without doubt without a doubt in my opinion the greatest female race car driver of all time across all disciplines all walks of life she is the greatest female race car driver of all time and i think with that fifth championship through her name in the ring through her hat in the ring for greatest of all time period especially when it comes to drag racing i mean she can wheel a race car as well as anyone alive then you, like you said, we got Ron Cap, suave, sophisticated, cool Southern California guy, sponsored by Napa. So he's got a big time dance partner. He's in his first year running his own operation, doing his own thing. Ron Caps Motorsports goes back to back, locks up another championship. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that we were genuinely concerned that Ron Caps would be forever a bridesmaid. And I think I mean, all that of our was picks, a storyline. Yeah, all of our picks too were last week. I'd have to go back and check the tape. It's it's like that uh, commercial where you got to throw out the red flag, check the tape on who said what. But I'm pretty sure we were all in on Robert Height, and nope, it was only nope, three nope. points. Nope, I was. Did you? Who'd you pick? Yeah, I think I picked Ron, didn't I? You picked he Ron. Did, he okay. picked Ron. Well, I picked you'll, Height. You'll, you'll be Ron's favorite when Thank he comes you. on later. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, right, but, but I mean, really, I mean, what a what a tight battle between those two. I mean, it came down to those two, and and it it took everything going right for Ron to get that win. He even had to stage and not get DQ'd in that final round to get the wins or, or to get the championship. So what a way to end the season. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's awesome to get a win as a driver and he finally got that off his back, but to get it as a team owner and the first championship for Toyota as well with that new body, uh, another feather in the cap, especially when there's not a lot of success anywhere else. I mean, Ron Caps really planted that Toyota flag in funny car. And I, 
man, I can remember tell you, I think that that's going to be a, a, a very fruitful relationship for Ron Caps. Like, I'm not trying that? to spend Toyota's marketing budget, but they better, I mean, they better come up off that wallet and take care of our player because, <laughs> I mean, he's doing big things for him. Big. Where was that earlier this year where he turned around and looked at that Toyota body? Boy, that, that looks nice, or whatever you know. Before Charlotte, he, I think. Yeah, was that right where it before, was? Yeah, in the spring Charlotte race, right before that, because that's where it came yeah. out. Um, and he he's done an incredible job, and he just really is an awesome ambassador for the sport of drag racing. I mean, he's got the look, he's got the talk, he can he can back it up on the racetrack, and then we can finish this conversation just about the quality of these ambassadors we have right now with Brittany freaking force, man. I mean, she's got all 10 of the fastest runs in the history of top fuel drag racing, have her name next to them. She's a two time world champion and she's operated in the shadow of drag racing's goat, John force. I mean, not everybody is comfortable in that situation. And I think we saw earlier in her career, cause the other part of this is she's been around for a decade now. I mean, she's been racing for 10 years and yeah. she's really, I think coming to her own as a personality, as a star, she's embraced this role of a professional athlete. She's a she is a race car driver. That is her job. And I think early on it was like, well, I'd rather do this than teach school. So I'm going to kind of do this. This is an opportunity that's been put in front of me and I'm going to pursue it. But here we are now and you can see her, you can see the passion, you can see the enthusiasm. And I thought every conversation I've had with her, you know, every time I've seen her talk on camera, I love the way that she's so quick to pour it on her team, right? I mean, she can't say David Grubnick quick enough. She can't say Max Savage quick enough. She can't talk about her Monster Energy Flavor Pack guys quick enough. I mean, this it's really incredible, and you can sense that level of camaraderie in that camp from afar. I mean, you can watch the way they interact with one another. They go to dinner together. They spend time together. They're at the shop together. They hang out together. There's something special happening there, and what a story it would be if she was able to keep this momentum and start racking up a few of these championships. I mean, you're putting a, we're putting a lot on her shoulders to match pops, right? 16x, 16 yeah. world championships. Yeah, I don't know I don't, that we'll ever see that again. That. I don't know yeah. she'll get yeah. to that. I don't know that anybody will. Yeah. But to see her become a generational talent on uh, in her own right would be a spectacular storyline for well, the we've sport seen of drag. We've seen that this championship feels totally different than her first championship. Uh, her first championship, you know, we've almost with everything that's gone on since then, it's it's easy to forget that she's this is her second championship and it's her personality and everything totally different. She's really leaned into the whole deal. And we've talked about that all year. We talked about that when we had her on the show or we were there at John Force. Uh, so really a great champion and looking forward to seeing how this translates into next year. Yeah, I mean, you and, and me uh, both. You talk about a great life decision. I mean, it's much safer to go over and run, <laughs> run over here in the NHRA than to teach a bunch of uh, elementary kids. I think it, it might be. You know? I mean, really, <laughs> uh, it might be. I don't know. I'm not cut out for I teaching school. There's no I can tell you that right now. It. No chance, like, man. I'd last about a half a day. I'd be like, <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> you can't go to Disney World without I hate like Disney World. Yeah, you guys want to punch Mickey Mouse. <laughs> Disney is a is the ultimate parenting test. You should have to go to Disney with like some 
rented kids or something just to make sure you're fit to be a parent. That's like the <laughs> ultimate test right there. And if you pass, then then you're then you can have kids. Oh, my there is God. no <laughs> doubt, man. There is no <laughs> doubt. But, you know, let's let's riff on that for a little bit. I mean, we we obviously want to talk about NHRA and we're going to be joined here in just a few minutes by the the reigning world champion in funny car competition, the one and only Ron Caps. And we're excited to hear from him. But I do think this has been a banner year for the sport of drag racing, in my opinion. I mean, I think across the board, right? It is very, very impressive the way this sport has rebounded from COVID. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that we were genuinely concerned that, man, when are we going to get to do this again? Is it going to be forever altered? Are we going to be able to get people together in large groups again? But we've had multiple sellouts from the NHRA. A lot of series and sanctions really have fantastic years. PDRA had a fantastic year in 2022. Midwest Drag Racing had a, mid, a great year, adding classes, doing new things. We also had everybody that I've talked to with the National Muscle Car Association, banner year in 2022. I mean, the list goes on. Northeast Outlaw Pro Mod celebrating 30 years in business, 30 years as a club. I don't know that we give those guys the credit they deserve. Stars popping up left and right. No Prep Kings continue its continuing its growth and expansion across our sport, all sorts of new stars popping up. The drag and drive scene is absolutely on fire. It feels like one of those events is popping up every weekend. It's just been a fantastic year for the sport as a whole. At the same, same week, wasn't there two drag and drives during the same week or something? Quite possibly. I'm not sure about that, to be totally honest. But I mean, you've got sick week, Midwest drags. You've got this. uh, You've obviously got the original hot rod drag week, which was a stunning success as well in 2022. Then you got these little smaller events popping up. What was the one this weekend that was so funny? Uh, Street and Yeet. Yeah, Street (laughs) and Yeet. Street and Yeet. Yeah. All time great. All time great name for an event, in my opinion. Street and Yeet. (laughs) <laughs> i love it you i know, dig I it <laughs> oh well no man i i just was really proud of our sport this year it, it was i felt like we were reminded across the board how incredible this community really is and how much is going on like there are times that i know that all of us kind of feel small right we don't maybe get the the adoration that we do feel we deserve on mainstream sports channels. I mean, it's a huge accomplishment for our sport to even be on TV. So we've all been basking in the glory of NHRA being on Fox and Mav TV having a presence. But if you really look at the sport right now and how many big events are going on, I mean, we had all this discussion and we've yet to mention World Cup finals. We're a couple of weeks removed from a complete sellout of Maryland International Raceway for an import versus domestic event that's been going on for like almost three decades. A complete and event's going on event. while while SEMA's going on. I mean, right. I mean, think SEMA about that. up 20% yeah. or something on, yeah. on exhibitors. We're, we're staring down the barrel of, of an all-time record performance from the performance racing industry trade show in downtown Indianapolis at the first uh, of the first weekend there in December. It's incredible the the momentum our entire sport has right now. How much of that? So let's let's have a little debate here. Do you feel how much has pop culture and the popularity of street outlaws and no prep kings and and not just those, but like fast and loud, all these build shows? How much has that helped traditional drag racing? Do you think that there's a correlation between? There being automotive programming seemingly on every freaking station, specifically Discovery Channel. Do you think that has contributed to like NHRA and NMCA and all these other sanctions and series I exploding? 
I think it has, but the, um, I don't know. And everybody, all these different networks are trying to get a piece of it now. Right. So like, if you're, if you tune into another network, they're, they're trying something because they see that something's working over there for discovery. Correct. And I mean, I guess it, I guess it is, it's made it more popular and then you get some crossover into the more hardcore type of drag racing. Um, I also think that a big part of it is COVID that during COVID, you know, we took something away from everybody and you miss it once, once it's taken away. So now when you get, when you get allowed back, you know, everybody just went full bore. You know, and I, I've never, they, they were locked never up really, like, like a dog in a cage, right? You let them out, yeah. dog on a chain, whatever you let them off and they do hot laps around the, around the yard. And that's basically what they did to America. I believe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't they think you can say America. it much better than that. Wow. I've never really seen much of a correlation between like the the build shows. I remember like Saturday morning on was it TNN? Do you remember this? Remember when oh, there was yeah. like a whole block, oh, yeah. power block of shows? Mm-hmm. Some of that crossed over, but I really think that the tipping point when it comes to hardcore drag racing has been Street Outlaws and and even more so No Prep Kings. To me, that if you want to point fingers at anything that that makes that leap. That's it. The, the other stuff is still, you know, yeah, hot rodders and, and do-it-yourselfers and weekend warriors a, a lot of times are interested in drag racing. But I don't think that's ever really moved the needle too much. But Street Outlaws drag and, and No Prep Kings in the way that people obsess over that, those shows and the results and the characters and everything, I think that's been the big change that I've seen. I can't argue. I, I will tell you that I was I, I frequent this restaurant here in Fort Worth uh, called Railhead Bar, uh, Railhead Barbecue. And it's like my favorite spot. Right. And I go there quite frequently. And every time I go in there, there's drag racing on a television somewhere like they'll have Motor Trend or TV on. They'll have Discovery Channel on. And it's just for me, it's like a breath of fresh air to walk into a building and see any any public place walk in and see cars doing burnouts on a television or cars going down a track. So I agree with you. I've, I've actually that. seen that. I've, I've seen, seen that, that a lot more this year. Yeah. Like I've every, seen like different places a lot more. Yeah, yeah. I have too. I was in, I can remember I was in a shake. I don't shack. go to bars very often, but when yeah. I did. Yeah. Right. You don't remember <laughs> going to bars very often. Yeah, I was in a shake shack a couple months ago <laughs> in Charlotte and they got TVs there. One of them, there's Angel Sampe making a lap. And it's just like, this is kind of cool. I think a lot of, we, we have to give an HRA credit for that and Fox for uh, the timing of the broadcast and the, the time windows and everything. I feel like it's something that these places, these bars, restaurants are not afraid to turn on anymore, have one of their, their TVs uh, tuned to. So that's that's been really cool to see. I think it's been uh, spectacular. I'm genuinely, no matter what anybody thinks about Street Outlaws, No Prep Kings, there to me, I agree with you, Mike. I don't think there's any doubt that they have brought fast cars and side-by-side drag racing competition to the mainstream. They've put it in front of people. They've popularized it where it's cool to have a hot rod or it's cool to be a car guy. I mean, I remember not that long ago, where I would feel like if somebody asked me what I did for a living and I told them that, you know, published a drag racing magazine or I work in drag racing, I would get a lot of, you know, the jokes about do I dress up? Do I wear yeah. a dress? You know, you'd I, hear that stuff. I, look at those. I, or I don't I, get I, much of that. Anymore, my go to you know? was always, you know, the two long skinny cars that line up beside each other, big flames come out, parachutes come out. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was always the only identification that 
normal people or normal people mainstream uh, people had but yeah you're you're right man now it's more like oh do you know so and so from street outlaws or i love that's what i hear you know yeah uh, i mean that's what i racing drag racing central makes a good point too tony stewart coming into the sport I, mean, I can't say enough about yeah, his presence. That either. That's yeah. There's been, but how lucky are we as a sport? Because I think this is rare air. Because does the does NFL or NASCAR or Formula One do they have this much fertile soil? Do they have this much room for growth? Because I look at our sport and I go, there's a lot of work to do. Like we've got a long way to go to get where I think our sport deserves to be. Like in the ecosystem of sports, we've got a long Absolutely. way to go, but. I do you agree? I mean, I, I mean, well, if absolutely. we started, we couldn't start up an NFL magazine or like, an NFL I love, media I love, company. I love it's saturated. That, Those deals are saturated. I love that we're you know, that they get airtime for their own show. But you know, it's ridiculous that that it's not on. You know, that there isn't a highlight on Sports Center. Uh, that it isn't talked about on different talk shows. You know, throughout yeah. the day on sports. You know, we're. I mean, if freaking cornhole can get a freaking highlight on there. You know, and how about that, I mean you got me off, to be honest with you. Oh, I get so when I see I, if I off. hear anybody wearing an ESPN shirt or that logo and I see them talking about did you see that guy airmail that bag or whatever it's like listen like, who this gives is a cornhole. shit man you play like, this yeah, on you, play this you know drunk, on 4th you know, of July <laughs> when you're drunk this yeah. is not designed to be on TV and I'm kudos to all those people pickleball. I'm jealous pickleball is the next thing everybody's yeah, pickleball. buying pickleball franchises all like the NBA and NFL players and that's the new thing but yeah, yeah. we can't get Brittany Force who's sponsored by Monster has the last name Force who's won the championship can't get that highlight on there but if she blew that thing over or caught on fire or something that then it would be on there it, that's no, it's, the frustrating it still may thing. not be on there that's, oh yeah maybe and that's not. the problem it's got a better know, like, chance it still isn't yeah i mean larry dixon had to basically i mean <laughs> stare down the barrel of death to get that kind of media coverage i mean it was on all the fox you know every news station every sports <laughs> type of thing and it's that's one of the problems that exists for our sport is we we've got to be louder and we've got to be better uh, promoters, better storytellers, because there are some incredible stories and some incredible human beings operating in this industry, operate, you know, that serve as a part of this community. And for me, it's exciting because as a business owner, as someone that operates in this space day in and day out, the fact that there is so much left to do is very exciting. I mean, it's cool. we're in the comments really, too. To everyone's honest. everyone's agreeing and, and uh, yeah, and some really too. some yeah, really cool curling. points in here. Everyone kind of giving their their take on ways they've seen the sport growing or being more prominent. So yep. uh, shout out to you guys as well for, for dropping those comments. You know, and it's, there's a comment here on YouTube from Troy Abercrombie that I think is, is interesting. Drag racing is fragmented, but it's bigger and faster than ever. I mean, and that's a fantastic point because that's actually, it's part of the magic of our sport. It is a hurdle. It is something that we have to kind of overcome, I think as a sport because the attention is spread out. I mean, if you took all the energy and all the enthusiasm and all the eyeballs that are on all these different drag races every weekend and put them in one location, we've got a significant right, happening. Right. You got to think about it. This past weekend maybe isn't a great example. It's mid-November. But I mean, you go back to pretty much any weekend in September, any weekend in October, most weekends in April and May, there are multiple major drag racing events happening all over the United States, let alone all over the world. 
right? I mean, there are huge events. And if we could bring all that in energy and enthusiasm to a single one, then I think we're on to something. And to be honest, this we is a little bit of a self-serving thing. To get with us, and we'll just cherry pick what they need to, what they need to say. <laughs> to be honest with you I mean, guys. I that would actually work, right? I'm about to say some really self-serving stuff. All right. <laughs> but it's the World Series of ProMod. I mean, I'm telling you guys, it, it, it is. It tell, correct me if I'm wrong. We need a singular entity in the sport of drag racing that speaks to everyone. And ProMod is it. There is no doubt in my mind that ProMod is it. It is still attainable. It's still something that you can do, right? You, you may have to have some success. You may have to make some money. You may have to have some sponsors, but it's still possible. It's not tens of millions of dollars to be successful, right? The cars are crazy fast. I was thinking about the correlation between eighth mile outlaw pro mod racing and top fuel. 3.7 seconds, man. 3.6, 3.7 seconds. It's about the same amount of on-time track or on-track on time. So there, there's so many things that ProMod brings to the table. The cars still look like cars. They're left-hand drive. They're suspended. They've got big tires, wheelie bars. They've, I mean, they, they look like race cars. they got engines sticking through the hood. Some are quiet. Some are loud. Some are spraying nitrous in the air. They shoot flames out the headers on some, in some instances. So much material here. Like if you're casting a movie or whatever, this is probably where you're going to go. They go down the track more often than they more often than not. Right. And it's also one of those things where I think it's enough of a thrill and enough of a cowboy type of category that people from these other walks of racing want to be in it. I think about people like Mike Salinas has a pro mod car. Right. Um, you know, what would we have to do to get. You know, Leah Pruitt has raced in a pro, pro mod car. A lot of these big stars in our sport have a background in pro modified. So I, I really feel like the World Series of pro mod could become that singular event that captures the attention of the entire drag racing community because it's our best, brightest, biggest names, biggest stars, all in one location, all in the same playing field, doing battle. And for my, I mean, for what it's worth, we're just getting started. But I truly think that. We could be, this is a weird thing, but I think we could be like what gets drag racing on ESPN consistently. I really do though. I think that the World Series of Pro Mod, I mean, think about the people that are involved in our race right now and the different personalities and the different people. I think about Melanie Salemi, right? How is she not a superstar? She should, she should be a superstar. Jason Scruggs, Mark Mickey, Tommy Franklin, Justin Bond, Frankie Taylor. I mean, we got guys with nicknames. We got young guys, old guys, every, I mean, it's incredible cross-section of humanity and they're all climbing behind the wheel of a race car that is the great equalizer i mean i don't know yeah. am i wrong yeah. i mean i yeah. truly think drag racing needs that that segmentation that exists is so fantastic in so many ways and i hope people hear what i'm saying that's i'm what not makes anti it funny car i think right? that's no. what makes it that's what makes it the largest motorsport by participation and accessible is the fragmentation there's there's something for everyone there's and a place a for everyone to fit thing. in but this, it is, is also what we fight when it comes to this stuff and this is going to be awesome like just you know pulling people from the different sanctions and the different types of you know and and having one place for them to go and they're all racing the same same rules same car you know so that it's not you know the, the casual fan in the stands going okay now what's this okay now now why now why are we here you know and then now we're down to this you know we're, we're racing pro mod. Everybody's racing pro mod. And 
And that's what all the drivers get, say. That's geez, the number you know? one. Yeah, that's the number one comment that we get or feedback is, man, I'm so it excited is. about this because so and so is someone I've looked up to, never gotten to race them, uh, or used to race against them, want to do do that again. So that's gonna be the exciting thing is seeing people that like dream matchups, like yeah. Stevie Jackson again, another Stevie Jackson Jay Cox matchup, right? Or something like that. Something we thought we'd never see again. I agree. And when, and that's, I don't, and I hope everybody hears me because I really, I need everybody like drag racing needs all of us. The conversation that I've been having a lot with drivers specifically and sponsors for the world series of Promod is that this can't be West Buck's deal. This can't be West Mike and JT's deal. This can't be drag illustrated's deal. It's gotta be drag racing's deal. I need everybody to wrap their arms around this and swim in the same direction. That the, the World Series of Pro Mod doesn't mean that I don't love pro stock racing. I absolutely love pro stock racing, right? I love all drag racing. I mean, it's almost nauseating how exciting, how excited I get about going to the drag strip, whether I'm watching streetcars race at streetcar takeover, or if I'm watching pro mods or jet cars. I like all of it. I love it all. And I love this community with every ounce of of my body, every all I have to give, but we need something that we can all get excited about and all rally around. And that's what I'm asking the masses for. Like, please come to this race. I want you there, right? Be a part of it. Watch it on, on the internet, like support it however you can, because we need something to be the tip of the sword. And I, and I'm going to say this and I'm going to piss off some people, but drag racing needs this type of representation in the mainstream. For all the, everything that I love about No Prep Kings and everything that I love about Street Outlaws, those things are fantastic. But drag racing, pro level, highly professional, real deal, serious drag racing needs representation to the masses. Am I wrong? I mean, we need something that people aspire to be a part of no matter where they operate. Maybe they're a big money bracket racer most of the time, but maybe they take some of their winnings and they rent a pro mod car so they can go run this one race, right? And maybe have a chance right. to be on ESPN or maybe have a chance to be on Fox, right? Or maybe be on NBC Sports or Mav TV or whatever, right? Or Drag we Illustrated need, Cover. Or Drag Illustrated <laughs> Cover, right? I mean, we need one group because this these conversations immediately turn into you know, radials versus big tires or small tire, you know, slicks versus radials or all these different debate, bracket racing versus drag. Listen, we have to table all of that shit for the betterment of our sport. And there has to be, I mean, we, I hear everybody complain to me about all the attention the no prep Kings guys get and the street outlaws guys get. Let's fight back, right? Let's put our foot, let, let's stick our neck out there. And that's what the World Series of Pro Mod represents. I wasn't going to say this, but here's how I see it. If, the, if No Prep Kings is WWE pro wrestling, the World Series of Pro Mod is the UFC. We're the ultimate fighting championship. They, 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 they pick their guys, right? And they've got their stars. And they, they've, it is fantastic competition. And it's absolutely legit. It's 100% legit. I'm way too close to the situation to say otherwise. All of that shit. All the racing you see on No Prep Kings, 1,000% legit. But they have to control that environment because, as we've heard a million times, it's a TV show first, right? It's yep. a TV show first. Well, guess what the World Series of Pro Mod is? A, a race. race. 
It's a race first. It's a race first, a show second. Are we going to put on a show? Hell yeah. We're going to put on the best show in the history of drag racing. But first and foremost, it is a drag race. And we are bringing in the baddest dudes no matter how much money they've got, no matter how many spare engines they've got. I don't care if these guys got four trucks and trailers full of parts. If they're a needle mover and they're going to go out there and do big burnouts and blow the scoreboards down, they're they're coming. They're invited. No one's going to be turned away because they're too competitive or too fast or too good. It's never going to happen with the World Series of Pro Mod. We want those guys to be there. And I think that if everybody would wrap their head around the fact that drag racing needs representation in the masses, right? We need representation out there. I want it. I've actually started doing this. You guys haven't seen any of this stuff yet because I work on it in the middle of the night when I can't sleep because this is all I can think about. But like I've decided personally that I'm going to stop referring to pro mod drag racing and just start calling it drag racing. I'm just, you know, I'm just going to stop. It's one in the same now, in my opinion. Right. Like that. It's one in the same. You're not going to see Wes say this is the biggest, richest, most badass pro mod race. You're going to hear me say it's the biggest, richest, most badass drag race in the world. Right. Because I think that I've got to be I've got to kind of walk the walk and talk the talk, right? We've got to, we've got to practice what we preach. And I just, I really hope people understand because one of the things that, hell, my wife's scared about it. You know, who are, who are you going to not invite? They're going to be mad. Oh my God, what, what happens if somebody's mad? That's exactly <laughs> what we need, right? And I hope everybody, listen, my phone's been melting down. Mike's phone's melting down. JT's phone's melting down. Everybody even remotely close to this situation, right? It, it is reaching out, trying to get in or get their name on the list or throw their hat into the ring, whatever, be a part of that conversation. And there's going to be some people left out. And I apologize in advance, but I hope you understand that this is being done with drag racing's future in mind, right? We cannot let no prep. We can't let them be the only game in town. And that's, I mean, we cannot create a scenario or allow a scenario to exist where you've got guys like Alex Laughlin considering not going in HRA racing because he can probably make more money going in PK racing. That is a shot across the bow at drag racing. There's no other way to dissect it. There's no other way to interpret it. It is a guy going, I've got two opportunities. Which one's the best? We cannot allow that to be the case. And that's what the World Series of Pro Mod represents. And I just hope that everybody you know, understands that there's that I mean, and, and it's it's a fantastic thing. Like, I hope people understand that I love No Prep Kings, but that is a show. It's a show environment. And that's the way it's going to stay yep. from what I understand. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it at all, right? I think it's the best thing in the world. So it's not like we're trying to create another segment. I'm just saying- Oh, eventually you're going to get somebody to be organized, Martin, right? Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, and my <laughs> thought is like, and I'll say this right here. I haven't made any exemptions- on this World Series of Pro Mod invite list. But if Ryan Martin or Kai Kelly want a seat at the table, they've got it. That's how much I respect those guys. That's how much I appreciate what they've done for our sport. Um, And I would be open to other ones, uh, but I'm making that decision right here on the fly. And I will tell you right now, if Ryan Martin wants a spot at the the seat at the table at at the World Series of Pro Mod in 2023, come on in, buddy. The water's warm. Kai Kelly, another guy that I respect, right? A nitrous racer. If he wants a seat at the table, that's the number one and two, what, the last three years, Mike? Yep. One and, one two, and three two years in, in no prep Kings points the last three years. 
they have, I am extend, officially extending an invitation if they want to come be a part of the World Series of Pro Mod and race against the best drag racers on the planet Earth, I'd love to have them. I'd love yeah, to that'd have That'd be them. awesome. Yep. Going bracket racing is asking what the rules are for World Series of Pro Mod, and he says it should be an outlaw rule structure. We've talked about this a little bit on here, but there really is not, there's no such thing as outlaw anymore because of the way everything is gone. All these classes have rules. And if you're going to run them all together, you have to have some rules or you'd be back to ADRL pro extreme. Frankie Taylor would be out there ripping off three forties and stuff like that. So you, you, you have to have some rules. Um, I think pro mod drag racing as a whole has found that the success lies in, good rule packages that allow all these combinations to run together. Here's so that's the thing what we're going to everybody parody. agreed. Yeah. yeah. Parity is the most important thing. Side-by-side competition is the most important thing amongst the conversations that I've had with our drivers. One of them and amongst perhaps the most important is the realization that we are not land speed racing. If you want to go set world records, go to Bonneville, rent a track, right? I mean, you can do that on your own time, but this is a competition amongst the best drag racers on the planet earth. And it's, it's not about to go around how fast it, how fast you are. Uh, it's not about how many records you've set. This, this event is about turning on wind lights. And I would much rather have the field be slightly slower than ADRL pro extreme was at its, at its heyday, you know, in its heyday or at its height. Right. Or I would much rather have it be competitive with all these different combinations, having a legitimate chance to win and, that is without question our goal here. Our goal is to have a nitrous car perfectly capable of winning, a turbo car perfectly capable of winning, screw blower, roots blower, centrifugal supercharger, whatever the case may be. And I got to tell you, I, I can't step out here and say this officially yet because I would have to talk to our, our rules committee. Um, Lonnie Graham, John Sears, Vinny, uh, a lot of people involved in this. Chris Bell, there's a lot of people involved in these conversations. Jeff Pierce has been fantastic. Phil Schuler, uh, there's a lot of people that, that conversations are uh, being had with, but I am all about getting a couple of these import cars involved. If we could get a 2JZ, a six cylinder powered car involved, or maybe that four cylinder car that went to uh, 585, um, he would struggle. I don't know that he could get light enough to, to really be competitive, uh, but nonetheless, that would be fantastic. What are those opinion. cars running the eighth, man? I've only, I've only really ever seen their quarter mile times and speeds, which are crazy. The four cylinder car went like 385, I think. You what know, about so that one that was at our race in Orlando a couple years ago? Lizzie's that car has been 560s in the quarter mile, so it's easy. It's an easy 360. I mean, it, it'll go 360s, I'm sure, which is I, I, the target ET for the World Series of Pro Mod is uh, a field of cars that are running in the 360s. It, that's what it's going to take, and that's, that's what we're after. Um, so I, I would rather slow it all down a little bit uh, and have a bunch of cars capable of winning versus going there and seeking a 340. Right. Because we could do that. You know, we could take all the weight off and do all these things and and uh, try to get a bunch of cars to run in the 350s and whatnot or 340s. I think that's what we lost track of, though, or kind of lost in radio was, you know, everybody was going and doing all these qualifiers and it almost seemed like everybody was just trying to set the new record and nobody was even paying attention to who was going rounds. Yeah, it you was know, hard to follow. You, all it, the social media, everything you saw was about the the ET record and what these cars are running. And it's sometimes hard to find out who even won the race. 
I think I I think Jamie Hancock even said that one time. Like they were all worried about setting records, and I was worried about going around. <laughs> right. You know, and, and I mean, pretty uh, awesome. Some questions we're seeing in here. Uh, other classes. Those will be announced soon. We've got some. We have a guys. we have a big one. Yep. Um, I thought you were going to say bar. <laughs> no, I, we have a big a- announcement coming uh, later this week. I can't decide. I'm not going to wait to announce it on the show next Wednesday. I think we're going to drop it tomorrow or Friday. A big one as far yep. as class lineups. Um, our event will be Eighth Mile. I got to tell you, man. That's that's really. I know that it's a polarizing conversation, you know, and everybody kind of has a really strong opinion on it, but. I've, I've thought a lot about it, man, and it's safer. Uh, there are more. The inventory of cars is just infinitely bigger. I, I would say there's less than, I mean, high level, like top flight, ready to go race. There might be like 20 quarter mile cars right now in the U.S., like ready to go race and want to do that. Um, but there's more, like there's close, there's 10 times that. There's probably 200 eighth mile cars. We've seen that in the demand for this race. Someone asked earlier if we invited everybody, how many cars would show up? It, w- it might get close to, what, what would you say, Wes? I think that we could get, a hun- I think we could get 100 cars there if we wanted. Pretty, I mean, and it's a we 32 had, car field. Someone else asked that. We're doing 40 in, invites, 32 car field. 10,000 in number one qualifier. Yep. How about that? There's a little bit of news, guys. Has there ever been a door slammer race pay 10,000 to their number one qualifier? Details to follow, but 10,000 on that. So I'm up, we'll stack another stack on those other 10 and make 10,000 to qualify number one, right? So number one qualifier is racing for 10 Gs, right? I mean, it, this is. And we got some cool stuff big. coming too from sponsors doing uh what, what would you call that uh not giveaways but product uh, oh dude support. we've got the listen and i'm gonna throw this out here real quick before i pay some bills um if you would like to be involved in the world series of promod in some way shape or form if you share our vision for the sport of drag racing if you understand or appreciate or, or, or simply respect or commend what we're trying to do, first off, we appreciate you. Thank you. I, it, I mean it with every ounce of my being that it's going to take all of us to get drag racing to its rightful place at the top of the motorsports mountain. This is the great American motorsport, and we are going to prove it March 3rd, 4th, and 5th, 2023 at Bradenton Motorsports Park. But let me tell you, if you'd like to be involved, if you'd like to, to offer something up to our competitors, if you'd like to be there on the midway, if you'd like to offer a service, a product, a discount, anything that you would like to give to our World Series of ProMod competitors, we're all ears. Call me, shoot us an email, shoot us a text, whatever. We have companies. I'm so blessed. We're so blessed. This community is so blessed to have people coming out of the woodwork to get involved. It's uh, I can't wait to tell you about a handful of these things, the things that we're doing for our drivers, because it's my goal to have a World Series of ProMod invitation be as significant as winning any other race, right? Like I want people to feel as passionately and as strongly about simply getting invited to the World Series of ProMod as they would winning a race in another sanction or series. And that's not a shot against those guys, man. But it's it's just we need this type of an event that people rally around, understand that we need something to stick out we need something to wave around like a sword in this space and the world series of pro mod is going to be it so if you'd like to be involved please reach out to one of us because we will find a way to make it happen i don't care if you want to give number 16 qualifier 50 dollars, right we will take it and we'll give it to them 
secondly, I want to thank my friends at Stroud Safety for not only supporting this show for all of 2022, but actually just doing incredible things in the sport of drag racing. Remember, each and every one of these episodes is made possible by way of our friends at Stroud Safety. Stroud Safety is known for their top quality racing safety equipment from drag chutes and seat belts to fire suits, gloves and blankets, all 100% made in America. Log on to StroudSafety.com and make sure you tell them we sent you. Guys, it's I hope everyone heard that rant and rave and, and understood it for what it is. I do want you guys to know. You got that, everybody fired up. Yeah. Take, man, yeah. I love, just I, I breathe, love all like these. Rest, you know, breathe into the I, I love all these yeah, different types of racing, man. Because I do know that I, intemp- I in- interpreted Kevin Stevenson's comment there in the, in the comments there as like, talk about creating segmentation. I'm not trying to do that. I'm just saying that there is a no prep Kings is the hottest game in town right now. Right. And that's fantastic. But it is well established that it is a TV show first. And we need a race that has the same level of sizzle, the same level of fanfare, the same level of competitor interest. I mean, right now, let's call a spade a spade. There are guys and gals ready to crawl across broken glass to get Get invited to no prep Kings. Like there are people that would do anything. We watched it happen. I mean, we saw several high level competitors tow their stuff all over kingdom come in 2022, trying to earn an invite, trying to get a seat at the table. That is no prep Kings. So drag racing, traditional drag racing needs to answer that. We need to create something like that of our own. And that's why the drag illustrated world series of pro mod exists. Um, however, we've got uh, a really big superstar joining us right now. Who's been doing media all just as God intended because he is fresh off winning the 2022 camping world NHRA funny car world championship. His third overall, his first as a team owner in his first year as a team owner, doing all the things that we need done for the sport of drag racing, an incredible ambassador. Ladies and gentlemen, let's give it up for the one, the only Southern California's own, Ron Caps. <laughs> Love that. What's, what's up, what's up buddy? Man, uh, hey, congratulations yeah. from all of us at Drag Illustrated, the entire drag racing community. I mean this when I say it. We need guys like you representing our sport, Ron. It, it's fan, you, You've earned it. Don't get me wrong. You did the, you did the work on the racetrack and in the off season to position yourself. But it is a fantastic thing when the stars and moon align and we get someone like you to to sing the praises of our sport and represent us to the masses. So thank you for that. You're welcome, and thank you for all you guys do. I love your show. I love catching up on all the the stuff that we don't do that I love watching all the other types of racing. But man, it hasn't sunk in. I've been doing media all morning and yesterday, and. Uh, these little moments of, <clears throat> I guess, being reminded of what we accomplished Sunday or what exactly went down. I'm used to watching it happen to other people, you know, those kinds of big moments. And what a crazy, crazy race day to end a crazy, crazy year. It, a crazy, crazy race day is right. Let's let's start there, Ron. Just can you kind of take us through your thoughts and feelings? Like you're one of these guys that we love that wear their heart on their shirt sleeves. That'll tell us exactly how they think and feel about something. So going into this weekend, what was your prognosis? I mean, did you feel confident? Did you wake up ready to puke on Sunday? I mean, how how did you go in? Where was your head at heading into Pomona? Well, I joke about puking i have in the past but but i always it's it's part of i love i love i've said this before i love hearing those stories of those 
World Series mornings and the Super Bowl mornings of these great athletes that we've watched in the past and really heard that they didn't sleep all night. They got up and they were sick to their stomach and then they went out and became MVPs of the Super Bowl in those moments. And there was not a bigger moment. I say this every time, but Sunday was huge. The biggest moment probably for us, we, we, we sucked leaving Vegas and we didn't make up any ground and that, that hurt us. And I, you know, I thought that could be the end of what we had going on. And yeah, you know, we were going to be right around two points behind Robert's team going in. Um, and then we didn't get down the track Friday and I thought, Oh my gosh, we lost. Not only we lost, but Hagen's team got around us by a point. I think it was just in Friday qualifying but we found the issue. Guido and Medlin worked hard all night. And then we ran great during the day Saturday. We gained a couple. And then that throwdown run Saturday night, Q4, the 383 track record, 337 mile an hour run. Uh, we were the last pair of funny cars. I knew the conditions were there. We were number one qualifier at the Winter Nationals under the same conditions. And I, I just hoped, but you don't expect it. But that run to steal number one take the points and put it back under the two rounds was run of the year for us, I think. And, uh, and then what unfolded Sunday and we didn't back down or back into it or anything on Sunday. That's what's crazy is everybody talked about Cruz Pedregon's great runs they made, which were great all weekend, but we went 385, went low ET of first round and second round. And we had to, I mean, having Tim Wilkerson second round with a chance of, not winning a world championship and losing everything. Um, that's not a guy you want to see. So, um, and then to watch Robert lose, uh, you know, smoking the tires and having a chance, but then knowing that we had to get around Tasca to do that, that was another huge moment. So talk about roller coaster. Do you think that you had it, that run on Friday, or excuse me, Saturday night, it was Titanic. You could sense it a thousand miles away that that was a statement move. How much did that, change the dynamic do you think that those moments matter i mean does that is that in the your competitor's head come sunday like holy shit like we yeah does do you think it, it matters okay well yeah we, we watched jimmy proc do those proc rocket runs at, at times when people have struggled and you get back to your trailer after your run you ran whatever you ran and then you hear that that number and he seems like he goes up there with you know his stones in a wheel in a wheelbarrow and so I love that Guido is the same way and we've done that time and time again, but those are big moments and they will take a little bit of your, uh, God, what's the words I'm looking for? It, it you know, you talk, you joke about jaws drop into the ground. I love it when we make those runs and that was one of those runs we had to do it. And I know that Amanda or whoever it was, the top end had said that when we made that run, Robert and Hagen, I think we're still, still there. Um, and Robert made a comment that there, it's not over yet, that we were still to run. And sure enough, we made that run. So those are big moments. And I know it gets in the head a little bit. It does to me when other people make those type of statements. So there has to be de a slightly deflating, right? I mean, you're yeah, going, all right, yeah, we've got is. this deal wrapped up, you know, and it now is. they all know. And then here you guys come. Let's talk about because I do think it's going to be important here in our, our moment together to talk about the people that have contributed to this. Uh, I mean, you've got new folks, some of the, the usual cast of characters, but let's touch on Guido. I thought he was very he's kind of come out of his shell on the PA on the mic. Uh, this year, I think I just feel like we've seen him kind of owning it a little bit more saying what he thinks. And we saw him say like, Hey, I had to calm myself down. But I think those moments where, I mean, he earns some fans demonstrating that he's a human 
and that he has a hand on the performance of that car. So can you take us through, I mean, let's start with him. Uh, what was uh, working with, with uh, him like this weekend? We talked so much about, we saw the weather forecast coming in and, and I, every crew chief and driver is like, oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> um, daylight savings had just happened. So we knew it was going to get darker and just everybody was frothing at the mouth over that as far as crew chiefs. And he was too. And we talk a lot, and I've told you this before, I think a lot of the success we had this year was uh, it's Guido's team to run. I let him do that part, and I lean on him when I, whatever I need. But when I show up at the track and I walk in with my backpack, I'm walking in like I did the last – since 1997 when Don Perdomo hired me. I'm walking in to, to make my crew chief proud as a driver and the sponsors during the day doing all the stuff that we have to do. But that's how I've approached it. So having – you know, walk up in the lounge and him and Madeline going over the numbers. I love doing that. I'll go up and just sit there and watch them go over the compression ratio because I worked on them all my life. I love that part of it, the mechanical side. And I kind of know what to expect the car is going to do when they discuss what they're doing with the clutch and the, and the fuel system. So I knew, and I know what they are going to shoot for number wise. We, we discussed it sometimes. Uh, sometimes he won't tell me exactly until the last minute, but his approach was, to get in the head of Jimmy Proc and Dickie Venables a little bit. And to do that as a crew chief, it's not just to get up on the PA and talk smack. It's to throw down. And he knows that. And I love the little bit of Austin coilism that, that come out of him constantly. Austin produced a, a massive amount of great crew chief, you know, people on, on the grounds that work for him that take a little bit of things here and there. Dickie Venable is one of them. Jimmy Proc is definitely one of them. So Guido has a lot of that. And uh, I love that. And I know when it comes out, I, I can hear it. And I know when he talks about these little moments, if he learned something from Austin Coyle and he'll talk about it and it comes up every weekend. So you put all that together and, and the relationship is great. We have fun. We, we have the same likes away from the track, uh, but on the track, we're just two kids having a blast. And I told him on Sunday night when I walked in after I go, dude, it's just, we're just two kids that grew up working on these things. And that's when I met him. He was a crew guy in forces and I was a crew guy that driving an a fuel dragster. And we're, we're, we're about to do something incredible and win a world championship. So that, that was a great moment. It's an amazing thing to watch because you're exactly right, man. I mean, it's a bunch of people playing with cars, right? Going racing on the weekend. I'm curious. Don't tell tell anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Especially don't tell our wives. Like this is so hard. We are killing ourselves every weekend. But did this, does it hit different as a team owner? Is that, did you have that conversation with your, with your team? Because I don't know that everybody anticipated this, Ron, to be, you know, candid. I think that Everybody almost wanted it to be hard, right? I mean, I think that there's some pride amongst these other team owners where they're like, we want this guy to get a taste of what we deal with, right? Ron's about to see what it's like on this side of the fence. Did it, did it mean something more for you to come over and say, yeah, I did. I fought those battles the same when I put those fires out, but we also got the job done on Sunday. Yeah, I'm not scared to tell you and any other media how much sleepless nights and all talking me off a cliff like Antron Brown did last January several times. Uh, conversations that Don Perdome had with Rick Hendrick and Jeff Gordon over anything I needed help with. I mean, little moments like that were just crazy. John Force calling weekly to check on me. Don Schumacher with all the uh, the offers to help with anything he could. Tim Wilkerson checking on me constantly. And and so those moments, yeah, I, I, I bragged about them, right? I mean, a lot of people probably wouldn't have mentioned it because they're afraid for anybody to know they had help. But it was huge. But to, to your point, 
a little fist pump when nobody's looking, you know, in another room in the house, you bet it's happened today. I just, you ponder for a moment and you think, God, wow, what did we do? This is nuts what we pulled off. So yeah, but I'm also not afraid to give credit where credit due and my wife helping and Dean and, and Kelly Antonelli and all our sponsors, just all the stuff that, that uh, they usually hear about, but it's the stuff, for instance, going into the final round, knowing that we were about to possibly throw away everything we dreamt about if the car crossed the center line you know, after the thousand foot before the quarter mile, because we could have lost the championship conversely to winning it by a few points. So uh, that was my first closed door meeting when I got back from the semifinals. Technically, we'd won it, but then they couldn't do anything and celebrate or give me the trophy at the other end. So I came back. I shut the door. It was John Medlin, myself and Guido. And we had a talk about the smart thing to do. And then Slugger from Toyota and our Napa people, we discussed uh, what was a smart thing. And then I sent somebody down to Del Worsham's trailer to have him come down while I was packing my shoots. And they were rushing us for uh, live TV. And I, I, you know, the smartest thing would have been to go out and hit the gas and shut off and coast down and not risk it. Um, we could have been the dumbest guy talking to you here. And been the guy that had it right there. And these funny cars are so unpredictable. You don't know what they're going to do. It could be on a great run and swap lanes with a cylinder out in a heartbeat. So especially when they're running 380s at over 335 miles an hour, like we we did that weekend. So a lot was going on there. Um, so a lot of a lot of ownership stuff that, that popped up on Sunday that I didn't expect to have in my head when I put my helmet on. Do you think if you were driving for somebody else, Ron, the decision would have been made for you? Like, listen, you're going to start this thing up. Oh, yeah. We're going to roll through the water and that's it. Guaranteed. Okay. Guaranteed. And I thought about, and I was going to open my speech at the banquet with, uh, if anybody's looking for a decent funny car driver, he's available because he just got fired for driving <laughs> it to the center, to the finish line. Um, but what yeah. a ballsy way to do it, man. Oh. I mean, I think that you earned fanfare because in a time where that, that whole team orders thing is all very polarizing, some people appreciate it and understand the nuances that exist, but it's also something that people get really up in arms about. And I think for you, I mean, that's some, that's some hero shit right there, Ron. Like that's some stuff that people will be talking about for a long time, in my opinion. We discuss, and by the way, every conversation Sunday night, every fan I ran into, but the biggest, coolest thing has been the other crew chiefs and drivers. I showed up at the banquet at the hotel casino there, and I ran into like three or four different crew chiefs going to my room, and every one of them stopped me. and walked right up, shook my hand, and go, dude, nobody thought you were going to do that. That was the coolest shit ever, running that <laughs> thing down there. And I did shut it off. I think we would have possibly beat Cruz. It was on a pretty good run. And Guido, honestly, right before he ran, says, I'm going to try to run quicker than Saturday night. And I'm going to try to go 300, 340 miles an hour. Are you and serious? I was, like, I was like, shit, now I got to try to run it down. This is going to be epic, right? So, oh my um, God. but I also knew that, and we double, triple, quadruple checked with NHRA that if I touched the wall anywhere, would it not be points as opposed to the center line, which we were assured it wasn't. So it's my fault that it got over the left. I actually went over there and said, I'm going to keep it over here a little bit to the left of the groove. And it was still hauling ass. And I didn't see Cruz. And then it made a little move, which that lane automatically takes everybody to the left anyway. I so am bummed myself afterwards because I wish I would have just ran it down the middle. It could have been cool to see what it was going to do and maybe a chance of beating Cruz. 
who made a great run, by the way. So, but it, not just the fans, the amount of people that said that. And I grabbed Dell and I said, you know, I'd already had a closed door meeting with Guido. And he said, look, you're one of the best I've ever been around. Run it down there. If anything feels weird, shut it off. That's plain and simple. Nobody will fault you for that. It's a world championship we've, we've worked for. Then I, I ran it down and met Dell real quick. And I, I respect him. And he's somebody I would go to first and foremost for driving. And, you know, he's owned a car. And he said, same thing. He said, dude, you're one of the best. Run it down there. If anything feels weird, shut it off. Nobody will blame you. So I'm like, all right. So the amount of people that came up to me since then, I'm glad we did run it down there. Oh, man, uh, nice. I almost touched the wall. The, the paint was ripped off by the parachute. <laughs> but <laughs> but it still went 385 or 333, I think. So uh, I'm glad we did that. All I, I did the longest burnout I've done in like three years because I was like, oh, I'm going to run it down there and shut it off. Then I backed up and I'm in my head going, man, this could go 340 miles an hour. But I looked up and I remember me being a kid in the grandstands and watching things like people shutting them off for a team and Cruz wasn't even a team. So we didn't have to worry about that. But I just remembered being a fan and how disappointed on a Sunday night at the world finals to watch a car, make a single would be, it would just suck as a fan. So yeah, it's probably the dumbest thing I've ever done. You, you are locked in for heaven. Just so you know, in case you're wondering, like you're getting <laughs> your wing, heaven, huh? like, you're, no, you're going to have, I mean, that's the, that's some, that's a story for the ages, man. So you're telling me you're backing up from the biggest burnout you've done in three years and you still yeah. haven't completely committed to what's about to happen. It's no, spectacular. I, no. And Dell did. That's he, a Michael he, Jordan I, I moment, Del, dude. He texted me and we talked the next day and he's like, dude, that was ballsy, but pretty cool. <laughs> Um, no, because Guido, right before we started it, he said, just so you know, I think it'll go quicker than we did Saturday night. And in my head right away, I went, we went 383. Holy smokes. <laughs> in my head, I'm thinking now it was like an e-ticket. I was just hanging on to the car Saturday night. So I'm thinking, oh boy. And then he said, I think it'll go 340 miles an hour because we went 337 and it had a lot more left in it. So anyway, I do this burnout T-Buck that backs me up. He is sprinting. His hat falls off. I'm hauling ass backwards like the old school John force and I get back and then I'm like, okay, I'm just going to run it. And I stepped on the gas and I was, holy shit, this thing is running. And then it just kept, and then I felt the clutch come in sooner than I did the other night. And I thought, <laughs> Oh, you know, and darn it, man, I let it get over the left and I shut off and, you know, it was two or three car lengths that it showed the replay that my flames were out when Cruz crossed the finish line. And it was only a car length that he beat us. So Whatever it'll it'll maybe we'll find out the winter nationals or we'll get back to Pomona next year. Whatever Man, I, around, but just I tell you, moments. it was a it's a moment. It reminds me, Ron, of the stories that you'd read about, like Michael Jordan, like the nights they wanted to rest him. Yeah, you know, and him saying no. I yeah. these guys, these kids in the stands, paid a ticket to see you know bought a ticket to see me play basketball, and by God, I'm going to play basketball. And in an era right now where guys rest for months at a time in the NBA often, you know, to make sure they're ready for when it counts and whatnot. I mean, you recognize that that may have been somebody's only day that they were at the drag races this past weekend. Maybe they could only swing a Sunday ticket, right? And they were about to get a show no matter how it would have ended up for you. I think that that is some, it's an iconic moment that it's awesome that you were a part of. You mentioned something 340 and all these things. I got a couple things I want to touch on before we cut you loose. 
first off, don't you agree that it's great to see? I mean, as much as it sucks for you, I'm sure, I think it's good for drag racing to see Cruz Pedregon in the winner's circle. Like, you need foes like Cruz, in my opinion. We need that cast of characters. And he's a he's a personality. He's got the gift of gab. He can, he can wheel a race car. He's a great guy to see in the winner's circle. And I think it kind of sets up, I mean, something of a rivalry. I mean, two independent team owners, two owner drivers that are likely going to go. They've clearly made some gains, right? Figured something out. I believe going to the six disc clutch, uh, they're going to be a problem in 2023. And I think that this kind of gives us a storyline for the, for the off season. Without a doubt. I mean, he's always been one of those tough guys to race, no matter what he's a savvy, you know, and, and um, when you get up to race force, I've just, and I've raced him a lot and we have the same likes with dirt race together. We, uh, so we're very competitive Cruz and I are. And so, yeah, it's, it's trouble that they ran and they ran really, really good every run. So John Collins and those guys, uh, great job. They're going to be tough, obviously, next year. So are a lot of other teams. But, yeah, I was uh, – and I am I hate losing the cruise. And I'll be honest, I, it's the reason I stayed on the gas. <laughs> I, I, we had a championship. I was going to be at the other end celebrating my first as a team owner, and as a world champion, back-to-back, the whole thing. But all I could think about was, yeah, but we lost to cruise. And so when I'm staging the car, I go, I'm not going to lose to this guy. And again, you and I could be, I could be on here because I'm the world's dumbest funny car driver. And I crossed the center line. We lost the championship. Hopefully. Anyway, I'm glad. Thank the drag racing gods that it worked out the way that it did. I'm curious, what's been the response from the the fine folks at uh, TRD and Toyota? I mean, what an incredible job that that you've done. We talked about it earlier in the show that really planting that red flag in championship drag racing, right? I mean, it's a it's an incredible good looking body. I mean, I've been a big fan of it since it first debuted, but to put that thing in the winner's circle so consistently and ultimately win a championship for Toyota in your first year representing that, I mean, have you I mean, I said at the beginning of the show, them boys better come up come up off the wallet and take care of our guy here because uh you deserve it. Crazy. And I told you I right before PRI and we made our announcement and I, I had one of the people from headquarters at Napa with me, um, Catherine Wooten. I got that phone call from Dolishall and uh, literally a couple hours before heading to the PRI show and said they wanted to be a part of what we were doing. We didn't get the bodies right away, but they wanted to, to get as soon as we could, which ended up being the four wide in Charlotte. So to, win, to get the first win in Bristol for the GR Supra was huge. To so have our teammates, uh, the DHL car and Dell's car with Alexis, open us with welcome arms. Um, and to see Guido work with their crew chiefs, um, has been awesome, but to win the world championship, to have Paul Dolishall and Slugger at the, the banquet, we had a blast afterwards. Just, they've spent a lot of time and a lot of work and, and they put up with a lot of crap to get that car done in time for this year. And uh, it's been so gratifying to be a part of it. And to do that has been huge because, you know, we won Vegas and we didn't have the body on it. But we had the Toyota help and we had them at the track. We had all those people you see wandering around, all those engineers. And that was the reason we won the four wide. Could the you, very first could you race pull the, the cur- curtain back on those engineers a little bit for us, Ron? Because I, I'm curious personally, like what kind of all this has been a storyline we've heard throughout 2022 was like you see all these guys in the Toyota outfits with all the equipment up on the starting line. Like they occupy almost the entire track specialist area. Can you pull the curtain back on that a little bit and kind of like what kind of input are they giving? What kind of how does that whole deal work? I mean, is it and is it meaningful? 
It's unbelievable. I, I thought I knew, you know, hearing from Antron, my teammate, and all these people that have been with uh, Toyota in the past. Um, I had no idea. It's like mm. F1 shit to me. To our, us drag racers, that that is what it's been. It's been an invaluable data. Uh, you know, we we get the data a hundred times more than we would have gotten that any other teams get it. They're so at, the people it's, and it's people. Everybody has the same tools. Everybody has, but it's amount of of what they want to do and how much they work hard at doing. They don't have to give us that much. They really don't. They probably could do half as much work. But we get we get videos. We get pictures of the car making a run from different angles. It's amazing how much they really just want to help. And the data that is given to Guido and Medlin, you know, Medlin, he's a sponge. He loves, he loves all that tech stuff. And he was in shock. The first race that we had that help, it was unbelievable. We've all had great track specialists working up there. Well, I was going to say like John, Lanny, Lanny, my God, he's yeah. worked with some of the best ever. The best of the best. Yeah. And we've had great ones, but these people are amazing. And it's just, it's the people. So I think that was crucial. And then once we got the body, it just, it was tenfold because we started comparing notes with Dell and with uh, Jono and those guys over there, Alexis and, and JR were able, and, and I were able to talk about driving a car and certain things we found out JR uh, shared a couple of things that helped me. And then I shared some stuff that helped him. And so it's been pretty cool that part of it, but man, the Toyota people, and I, it's funny. I still on social media, will get somebody that, has this issue with Toyota and it's this foreign company and people are so ignorant. Um, when they find out, I love to share and I love to pounce on them on my social media and go, you have no idea what you're talking about. They've been in North America and doing stuff here and more stuff than some of these other manufacturers. And uh, it's just great people that just want to win. They want to win at everything they do. And it's really, we're very lucky to have them. Um, so I, yeah, I'm extremely lucky. And, uh, so I'm excited about going into year two with them. I agree, man. I, I say that same type of thing quite frequently because anybody that's pouring that level of, of time and energy and resources into the sport of drag racing needs to be embraced. Uh, I don't care if they're a competitor, no matter how you fit into the puzzle, that's a fantastic thing. I'm curious, does, I mean, do you feel genuine enthusiasm from the Toyota people about the sport of drag racing? Because I spent like the first hour of the show ranting and raving that I feel drag racing deserves more than it gets, like, especially in the mainstream media. You know, like why you're talking to me and not Scott Van Pelt on ESPN is beyond me. It pisses me off. I'm furious about it, to be honest. But like, do you see genuine enthusiasm from them when it comes to drag racing as part of their business model? Without a doubt. Uh, Slugger Labby, who spent so much time in the, and Slugger, you got to remember Slugger, if you look him up, he was the most penalized NASCAR crew chief in history <laughs> because, and he works some of the greats. He, he was, he's, if you Google him or Wikipedia, and he's going to get mad at me for this, but um, which means he was always pushing the limit, right? Um, a fantastic crew chief. Anybody that worked with him, intense, loves, hates to lose, loves to win. Around every car, between every run, checking on things. When we blew it up, uh, whatever race it was, oh, Charlotte, the second Charlotte in the countdown. He worked all night with my body guy, getting the thing back together, literally was in there building the dash for it. And we had and we got to run the same car instead of bringing a backup body out. So, wow. yeah, just over the top, hate to lose, which I love. I love people like that. So whatever it takes type of thing. And 
they Toyota has been so great at at really, and not just me. You're talking Doug Coletta and Antron and the whole team, but um, what they do to include the drag race side in with their NASCAR. I mean, the the most stuff they do with NASCAR, their social media and all the stuff, and they'll include their drivers from across all the boards. And all that does when the NASCAR fans see it and they go, who is that? And then they go look up and see uh, an Antron Brown or Ron Caps, and they go, oh, drag race, man, I should tune in and watch this. They're, they're one of the teammates here. That kind of stuff I love. It's like the Napa people put me in the commercials for all those years with Michael Waltrip, all the fun, funny stuff. And Aaron during NASCAR races during Daytona at the beginning of the year and Super Bowls and stuff, all that did was put more eyeballs on our sport. And so Toyota, um, thank God they want to be involved in drag racing. Thank God they want to be involved with my team. Thank God they want to be involved with NHRA. So um, just guilty by association, right? A high tide lifts all boats. No, it's a fantastic thing. Closing, closing uh, thoughts here. I I just saw this on uh, Facebook this morning and I thought this is a moment as well. Seeing you eye to eye with Tony Stewart, right? Who is by many considered one of the great race car drivers of all time in any discipline, right? And and he may be that guy. Seeing him eye to eye to you uh, with the at the banquet last night, or excuse me, Monday night. Greatness recognizes greatness. This isn't you putting words in his mouth or your social team saying this for you. This is Tony Stewart looking at you, Ron Cap, saying greatness recognizes greatness. Can you just? I mean, what was that moment like or seeing someone as respected as Tony uh, say that about you? Well, I've known him longer than most in drag racing. I went and remember I drove his, his yeah. prelude to the dream dirt race. He included a drag racer, which was me all those years that I got out there with the best drivers in the world. So I drove his midget at the Chili Bowl. Um, so I've known him a long time. So our, our mutual friend, Don Perdome, setting Leah and him up which turned out to be the best thing in the world to see him at the race is smiling in a pit area, which he never did at a, a NASCAR race. <laughs> um, very, very happy for him. And you got to remember that he, I think I told you this last year, he helped me a lot in the off season. Uh, Kelly Dean's wife, Guido's wife, Kelly Antonelli, who worked for John Force all those years, works for Tony Stewart racing on their drag race team. And she basically runs it. And Tony offered any help, that she could give to me, even though that she works for him. Uh, she wanted, uh, he wanted her to help me, which that just tells you a lot about Tony. So the conversation we had, I called him out. I'll let him release what we were talking about because it's going to be pretty cool. First of all. Um, but we just talked about how, you know, he just kept telling me how proud he was of what I've done and he's done it on such a larger level, you know, with what he's done with the Haas and, um, you know, it's really cool to have the conversations like what we had. And uh, and I called him out at the banquet and I'm sure you'll start hearing about it, but uh, it's going to be fun to hear what he's going to do next year. Well, I'm excited, Ron, and we're, we're even more excited for you and what your success means to the sport of drag racing. Thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us on a Wednesday afternoon, man. I can't wait to see you again soon. Maybe I'm going to have to buy our own in-house ProMod car and, and hire you to drive it. Oh. Yeah, I'll get Lyle. Lyle's got to help me. Uh, that would be a dream to make a run in one of those cars. I talked to Chad Green the other night at the banquet. We had a few beers in us, and I said, dude, my dream is just to make a hit in one of those. He goes, I got a car. He's I got, got a car. car. I'll bring Anytime you want to make a hit, we'll go make a hit. So that was kind of cool. But uh, PRI, I'm sure we'll see you, right? Yeah, man. You're going to come to the party on Thursday night? 
You better. I am now, I guess. Yeah. Okay, you are now. It's the it's the biggest happening at PRI. It's it's it the, always is, and I yeah, never man, got to make it. So yeah. No, you got to come, man. We will have a All big right. time. No matter what fact, VIP table on us. JT, uh, write it down. We're putting them in a table on us. All right, JT, we, put it put it in the notes. All right. I'm sure, I'll Done see you in Salmos before that. <laughs> All right, man. Well, hey, thank you again. Congratulations, and I'll see you soon. Okay. All right, man. See you guys. Thanks, Ron. All right, Mike, JT, somebody hang up and call Chad Green immediately. Because we're gonna get this, we're gonna get Ron Caps in a in a pro mod car. Yeah, I like, I like that. Lock it in. We'll we'll, yeah. we'll further that once we get him in the VIP at uh, at Envy. Yeah, because he'll have more center. than a couple of beers in him. Um, hey, just wrapping up on Ron, man. Some of these wild stats we have to touch on. Yeah, please. Sunday was the only day of the season that he led the points <laughs> all year, and he did it that right when crazy. it right when it mattered. Uh, let's see. Finished the year with five wins, first winning the first title for the Superbody. First repeat champ in Funny Car in 20 years. This wow. stat blew my mind. John Force in 2002 was the last repeat Funny Car champion. I, I don't even know how that's possible, but that's a fact. I actually heard it on the broadcast on Sunday. Um, he won the Pet Boys call out and the U.S. Nationals uh, for the first time in his career this year as well. And actually winning the U.S. Nationals, if you look at some of these champions, it's kind of a prelude to you know to a championship because uh, I think Matt did the same thing, uh, and we'll have to see who else also won the U.S. Nationals. But some interesting stats there. Oh man, I had no yeah. idea the first repeat champion in Funny Car in two decades. Yeah, yeah that's it's impossible, right? Yeah. I, that, yeah. I can't even imagine. I mean, you think about some of the dominant runs we've seen in funny car in the last two decades. And it seems completely impossible that Ron's the first guy to do it, but what an incredible stat guys. I want to remind everybody real quick uh, before we kind of get into our next order of business that each and every episode of the West Buck show is made possible by way of our friends at Redline synthetic oils. Redline has a reputation with racers and hardcore enthusiasts for creating products that perform and protect better than any on the market. And they've been doing it since 1979, whether it's your race car, your tow race, your motorcycle or your lawnmower when you think about lubricants you need to think about redline for more information log on to redlineoil.com guys i've got a little a, a little special thing neither of you have even seen this i, I watched right. it um, yeah you're supposed to play along <laughs> oh <laughs> oh you gotta, yeah you gotta, you gotta, you gotta i gotta give guys stuff. a little bit I, yeah. I gotta teach you coach you, you guys like up cards? on show yeah. business yeah. all right <laughs> we're, there's a little show business can you um, hire but, somebody with index cards or something over yeah. here yeah Right. Yeah. Act like you don't know. All yeah. right. So before we bring on our next guest, I got a little something that uh, our, our boy, Blake Fontenelle, the, our lead video production, uh, our only video production uh, guy here at Drag <laughs> Illustrated, cranking out all the goods for us. I got roll the tape. OK. You're excited, aren't you?
Boom, there you have it. Jason Boom. Harris, the next driver locked into Party the 2023 time. Drag Illustrated World Series of Promo. Is anybody else making promo videos for their driver announcements? <laughs> We're gonna what are we doing out here, man? Hey, what are Blake, we doing sorry, out here? Sorry, bud. We're going to need 39 more of those. So just Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Jason Harris, one of the best to ever do it. PDRA Pro Nitro Superstar. Tried his hand at Pro Boost. We don't know what we're going to get out of this cat. We don't know what we're going to get out of this cat uh, coming up next spring when he comes down to Bradenton Motorsports Park to see here how he uh, will fare against the best in the business. But thank you so much, Jason, for joining us this afternoon and even more so for believing in what we're trying to do, brother. Um, are you excited to come down and run for $100,000 next spring? You know, I, I, me and Mike had a little uh, text conversation back, uh, I don't know, a couple of weeks, like a week after you uh, re released the that you were going to do this. And I was like, you know, I haven't been really doing that well in the last year or so. I might not. I might not. You know, I, I'm just not going to get my hopes up. But every day I keep seeing releases and releases and releases. <laughs> I'm thinking, okay. And my my buddy Travis got invited, and then Jay Cox got invited, and then <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Awesome. I told Wes when he invited me, I, I almost felt like the girl that needed to be asked out to the prom, and, <laughs> and I, I wasn't getting asked out. We were getting closer to the prom, and I was like, "Here we go." But I talked to Ricky, and I was like, "You know, I just I don't know. I mean, I you know maybe." Maybe I'm not as good as I think I am. <laughs> no. But then I get this text. I'm in I'm in the shop working on a race car, and I get this text. Hey, can you talk? And I was like, oh, yeah, I could talk. Hold on. <laughs> I'm super excited. I mean, you, you just don't know. I think this is the great for the sport. I think the sport really needed some pizzazz and something brought up like this. And, and don't even put the money in play. Let's just say we are racing for – the prestige of being the baddest eighth mile dude there is. Dude, I mean, baddest drag racer there is. Let me fix that. Baddest drag racer there is. Quarter mile, eighth mile, thousand foot, on water, on land, on the moon, wherever you want to do it, these are the baddest dudes there are. Fact. I agree. Sorry. And you keep releasing all these names, and I'm just like, dang, dang, you know, <laughs> this is going to be tough. It's going to be tough. And I know Most the names that are yeah. I mean, I know the names that are possibly coming, I think, in my head, and I'm thinking, I didn't even think about Dean Marinas. I mean, he's bad to the bone. You know, Dean's been out for a little while. He's been tuning and doing things. And, you know, just regardless of the guys that I run on a daily basis that we talk about, and, and man, this is just – it is going to be probably – it'll go down in history as the baddest drag race ever. I, I guarantee it. Book it. Lock that's it we, in. That's what we say around here every day. I say it, yeah, we say it every day. Undoubtedly the greatest drag race of all time. I mean, and it's and I appreciate and I want people to hear this because there are going to be people that I don't that don't get invited. And it's not a personal yeah. thing. I mean, it's a there's a lot of stuff that comes into this. There's there are people that have supported me personally and, and my craziness for 20 years. And if you can't accept or appreciate that I've got some guys that have have followed me through the gates of hell, crazy ideas. I've got to take care of them, you know, and I want to bring them with me wherever this thing goes, hopefully to the moon. I want you all to come with me. Um, but I appreciate for me, this is a big opportunity to bring all these guys from different, like you mentioned, Dean Marinas. I'm excited to see Jason Harris race Mark Mickey or, you know, see oh, yeah. Stevie Jackson racing Mark Woodruff or whatever. I mean, this is these, this is Jason Scruggs. You got to run Jason Scruggs. If I'm any of these guys, that, really? that's a, he's a problem out here for everybody. I know, I know. 
You know, I mean, and it's to see everybody get up on the tire a little bit and get excited about this. I mean, drag racing needs it bad. We need something that everybody can kind of count the days until. And you're a perfect fit for this, man. You really are. And I I genuinely appreciate you sharing sharing our excitement, our enthusiasm and kind of getting it, if you know what I'm saying. Uh I mean, I've won two world championships, uh, pro nitrous one, you know, I, I, I did really good. It kind of just happened and I did awesome. I, I won every final, I won all but two races and it, it was top tier. Like it, it kind of happened before I knew it did. And then in 18, I won again and I kind of had to fight for it. It came down to the last race, but now like the excitement of getting invited to this race was almost, I mean, was there with it. I mean, I just, I can't explain to you what it feels like to be recognized and invited into something that is going to be this spectacular, what's going to happen. And I'm not just saying it because it's a race and I'm not saying it because I got invited. I would have been there regardless. Uh, but I mean, it, it this is going to change drag racing, I think, for the long haul. And, and it's something that's been needing to be done that it's got this pizzazz. I mean, this is almost is you know, just crazy as Chastain riding the wall the other week. I mean, he got more off of that than he did, you know, even getting close to getting in the race. I mean, whoever won, I don't even know who in the one the race, but I knew Chastain rode the wall. This is going to be that big. This is going to be game changing, sports changing uh, in our sport. And being someone that was, I've been brought up in the sport and have followed DI from birth. I think this is probably one of the greatest things. And and, and I I mean, I think this is going to really change the way we look at what we do, whether it be RVW, whether it be pro mod, whether it be top fuel. I mean, you know, even caps just said that he wouldn't mind taking a ride in, in a pro mod car. I mean, he's a fuel driver for God's sake. That's the highest point in our level for him to say, you know, I want to take a ride in a pro mod car. I mean, Right. I mean, I, I mean, I mean, I, I, and I've noticed it and I, and I would get so frustrated because I go back to like 2017, 18, 19 and NHRA Mod specifically was like at its peak. It was the talk of town. People wanted to be there. It was the, it was kind of the final frontier for door slammer yeah. drag racing. And I remember being on the starting line of some of those events and I'd look around and I see Jack Beckman standing there in his fire suit watching. I see John Force standing in his fire suit there watching. I'm looking around. Erica Enders over there watching. The, it, Pro Mod speaks to people, and I, I wish I could pinpoint exactly what it is. I think it's a. I think it's because they look like Hot Wheels. You know, I think there's something about a Pro Mod car that it still looks like a car, but it's clearly a race car. It's crazy, big tires and hood scoops and whatnot, big long wheelie bars. It's got a comic book kind of vehicle look to it, and they are. They're like a buck and bronco. They're the baddest bulls in the in the stable. Right. And everybody has a unique appreciation for this type of drag racing. And that's something I've been trying to say this whole episode is that I hope people take this this whole situation the way that I want them to, because it's not like I'm casting my vote exclusively pro for pro mod. And I think they should cancel everything else. That's not the case. I love radial racing. I love 10 five W racing. I love I love it all. I really do. I mean, I grew up running a stick shift door car with my dad, no electronics, bracket racing. I mean, I spent my entire childhood, for the most part, bracket racing. 
right? So I have a, I absolutely love that part of our sport, but we have to have something that we can draw people to. And we all know that ProMod's not at all cheap, but it is still attainable for a small business owner, right? You don't have to have Napa and $5 million to go ProMod racing. You know, if you've got a successful small business, you got a lumber yard, you got some buddies that want to pool their resources, you can probably throw your hat in the ring. And that's the magic of this. And I also look around I don't see it going anywhere anytime soon. I mean, as much as I love fuel racing, I think about, man, they got to get nitro from Homeland Security, right? I mean, how long are we going to be able to do that? Can we do that for 20, 30 more years? I don't know. But I tell you what, we will be racing the World Series of ProMod 20, 30 years from now, for sure. This this is a type of race, uh, a brand of racing that's got some staying power, man. Um, So take me through kind of some scenarios. I know that you've got, do you, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but I know that do you think that, I mean, considering the way things have worked out, like the last few races, let's say some of these big outlaw races, Shakedown, uh, Tyler Crossnose production out there, Tommy and Junior Franklin's Virginia Motorsports Park, uh, what we've seen at Snowbirds, what we saw at World Street Nationals and U.S. Street Nationals, some of these other huge outlaw events. I mean, do you feel do you feel any pressure? I guess let's start here. Do you feel any pressure to show up in Bradenton with a nitrous car because that's where you've had the most success, or do you bring whatever tool? you feel is best served, you know, to win with? I feel like in the last two years, and let's say from the time I won the championship in 18 and then 19, I ran pro nitrous. I've seen the boost cars really accelerate in technology and nitrous is kind of at a level now where, okay, we can't get, make them any bigger. We're shoving everything we can into them, and we've got to the point where we're just about top fueling these things between rounds as far as putting pistons and rings in them. And nitrous racing is hard, regardless of what anybody says. I'll put it up against any fuel tuner, anybody there is. Nitrous racing is the hardest racing. It is tuning and racing is by far the hardest. Uh, Boost is the fastest. I mean, I feel like you can go faster with less in boost. And I'm not taking away from any of the boost guys, but you got one power adder, you got this much boost, this is what it takes to get it down a racetrack. And it basically turns into a, you know, a track versus tuner kind of thing where you're just kind of tuning what you think that track will hold at that time. Where nitrous racing is, okay, I think the track will hold a 65, but do I have enough motor left to go two more rounds? Is it going to kill the pan back? Did I take enough timing out? Did the, the air swing 500, uh, you know, 500 uh, DA just to get to the point where I can make it live for the next three rounds? So, I mean, I feel like in the outlaw setting, the boost cars have the advantage right now. Being said that, we are going to show up with the boost car. We have a new boost car that we bought from Carl Stevens, my partner, Jack Gaddy, who has been pro mod racing here locally in uh, North Carolina for years. Uh, He kind of helped me with the big dog stuff last year. We're coming in. We went, talked to Carl. Carl wanted to sell the car. Uh, We kind of worked out a partnership with him, with XRE. And I think that's where I would be feel the most dangerous would be with a boost car right there because you know they're fast they react fast they're they're just they're more of an obtainable goal when you want to go fast and try to win where a nitrous car you're going to have to work i mean working on these 
working on a nitrous car is is basically a fuel team. You're a fuel team. I mean, that that's where it's at. You're going to go in the motor. To go fast, you're going to go in the motor no less than one a day. And if you're not going in your motor on Friday night after qualifying, then you're not going fast enough. I mean, I, mean I, I was I've been drawing a lot of uh, comparisons to Ultimate Fighting Championship with World Series with uh, to the UFC. And I was thinking about this last night. I was actually the crazy shit that I do is I sit around and, and literally write down one liners. Like, here's something I can say. Here's a whole sheet of 50 things I could say about nitrous racing. And one of them was that I think that if. If the World Series of Pro Mod was the UFC, nitrous racers would be would be identified as barroom brawlers. Like there yeah. ain't no harder way to win a fight, right? I mean, they're going to hit you with a beer bottle. You have no idea. Their buddies are going to pile in. I mean, it's a rough and tumble crowd of guys. And it's whereas I see like the other power adders like a turbo car or a pro charger car they're more like jujitsu guys right yeah you know what i mean it's a technical thing and it's just a very interesting thing and i honestly hope that we're able to my goal is to create an environment where a nitrous guy can be competitive because i don't want anybody coming to this deal that doesn't feel like they got a shot at winning it i mean i talked to jim halsey he's going oh no we're, we're gonna win we're, we're coming to win we're confident we can win jay cox same thing you know so i'm i'm glad those guys exist but i totally understand and and, and you'll you'll notice I'm not putting pictures up of people's cars. I'm putting pictures up of the drivers because the drivers, the, the cars are interchangeable, right? But Jason Harris is Jason Harris. This is a bad son of a bitch, right? He's got a big beard. I had to confirm that you had a big beard. Yeah, Yesterday yeah, I sent yeah. him, I said, hey man, uh, weird text coming in hot. <laughs> Do you have a big beard right now or like a little beard? Because I didn't want to post a photo that looked super old or anything. But uh, man, it's I about the people. What did I send you? Sent me what did a I send of a big, yeah, you'd send me a selfie two seconds later. Like, well, how would you describe this? So, no, yeah. man, uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's an exciting time. And I really want to say to you and your dad, um, I, I don't know that many people know uh, better than Bob Harris, what it takes to do this type of stuff. And he's a, he's a showman. I, I've seen Bob uh, for a long time really work hard to put on a show, try to make yeah. it a show, try to make it exciting. And I hope we can make him proud. That, that's um, going to be a stipulation that Bob's going to have to do a, a speech at some point during the weekend. Yeah, we need Bob. <laughs> he, he doesn't mind talking. I can promise you that. <laughs> he, he doesn't mind speaking his mind. And I will tell you this. We will have both cars there. So I will have my nitrous car there. I will have the pro boost car there. So I may test both of them and whichever one I feel like at the, at the time is the better car will be the one I race, man. But, I mean, um, is there another drag race that's Ron bringing Caps, this kind of energy? Ron Caps will run your other one for you. Oh yeah. That's, well, that's cool. fine. He's a little short, though. I don't know if he can fit. I don't know if he can fit in my car. <laughs> oh dude. Well, seriously, Jason, uh, on behalf of myself, uh, Bradenton Motorsports Park, of course, our whole team here at Drag Illustrated. Thank you. We, we genuinely appreciate your support, uh, and we're we're thrilled to have you be a part of this. And and I agree with you. I truly feel that we're onto something here. I think that we changed the sport of drag racing, and I think next spring, March third, fourth, and fifth, we're going to put on the biggest drag race in the history of the known universe. So thank you for being a part of it, man. Thanks, guys, and I really appreciate it. Now I can go out and tell everybody. I haven't been keeping it a secret for the last two days. It's been killing me. So At 4.45, the graphics go. If people haven't figured out the timing, I'm going to let it out. Like every, We're releasing two a day. So we're t Monday through Friday, business days only, right? Uh, we announce a driver at 7.15 a.m., and we announce a driver at 4.45 p.m., and we intend to have our entire field announced by the time we arrive at the Performance Racing Industry Trade Show, um, which are you coming to PRI? I'm gonna. We're going to Snowbird, so I don't know. I'm oh yeah, you can't. 
No, okay. Yeah. Well, we'll talk soon. But seriously, again, Jason, thanks for taking the time. Congrats, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, brother. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, buddy. We appreciate you. How about that? How about that intro video? Did you guys like that? Was that sick or what? That was badass, man. That was pretty awesome. Like I said, yeah, we need, like, we now need everybody needs more. one, though, right? Yeah, we need thirty nine. I'm gonna do it. We're gonna do it. Don't you worry. What's uh, the uh, What's the Bob? The old Bob Harris at the banquet. Uh, yeah, this next guy. Uh, me and him fight like cats and dogs, and we really yeah. slug it out. And, and don't like him most of the time, but 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 he knows I love him. But he knows I love him. Yeah, uh, uh, dude, those oh, were yeah. some of the great like. Those were man. It really was funny because he pretty much acknowledged that he had beef with everybody, everybody. that finished in the top everybody. ten, but he yeah, still loved them. But he still yeah. loved them, you know. From, from uh, down over there, or I can forget what his, his catch oh, yeah. line was. Yeah, all the way down there in Mississippi. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Where yeah, no, those are the days, man. Well, hey, guys, thanks for a hell of a show today. Thank you. Uh, uh, we're all wound up like physic woodpeckers, but uh, Ron Caps, what an interview, man. Don't you, awesome. Am I crazy or is that guy asking, special? We got people asking how to get tickets. Um, stay tuned to WorldSeriesOfProMod.com. I think we're going to make tickets live on the site next Friday, I think is the plan. So WorldSeriesOfProMod.com. You can also keep track with all the drivers that have been announced um, to this point. I would like to run. Do you guys mind if I run through yeah, the run lineup through. here real quick? Because uh, I think it's important to note uh, that this is a this has been a really fun process and super rewarding. I, I mean, like all of us, I think I can speak on behalf of the whole crew here. But like, what a moment for us to like to ring up a Jason Harris's phone and have him be so excited to talk to somebody like Jay Cox or Jim Halsey or Jason Struggs. It's, and it's hilarious. These guys that are they're like, man, did I get bumped? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got yeah. that text. Carl yeah. Stevens was worried that I had taken his. Um, He's exempt. Uh, yeah, well, he is exempt. And, I, and should we talk about that briefly? I do want to say I, that I so. we have some championship exemptions, um, and we've just decided this internally because it's just the right thing to do. Uh, we've done some drag races uh, over the years. Not everybody knows our story, but we actually put our first ever Drag Illustrated event on at uh, Bandamere Speedway in Denver, Colorado in 2017. We ran the World Series of Pro Mod at Bandamere in 2017, 2018, and 2019. And we had a slew of men and women come out there and support us. Fans, sponsors, racers, uh, members of the industry, members of the media, and none of that is lost on us. Uh, those are people that shared the vision unproven. way back then. Unproven you know? when it came to events at that time. Massively yeah. unproven when it came to events. Um, but over the course of those three years in Denver, I think we set the stage. We learned a tremendous amount. I don't know that there's a more difficult place to promote a door slammer drag race on the planet Earth than Denver, Colorado. Uh, and we did it. All three of those events were successful. Uh, I'm really proud of them. And what we've decided internally in 2020 and 2021, we we returned to the race promotion business with the World Door Slammer Nationals, a quarter mile event that featured Pro Stock, NHRA Pro Stock and NHRA Pro Mod um, as the marquee attractions. So we're, we're diverting course here a little bit, but anybody that has won those races in the past are granted an exemption. So in, in 2017, our first winner was No Prep Kings star Mike Bowman. He was a legend in the Pro Street Pro Mod world uh, at that point already, but he added to his re resume, added to that legend whenever he won the first annual 100,000 win World Series of Pro Mod in year two. We were... Uh, we had Danny Rowe, a dear friend of mine, and Carl Stevens Jr. go head-to-head -head in the final in a classic blower versus turbo matchup. And 
Carl Stevens got the win side by side, 580 somethings on Thunder Mountain. It was a bananas moment for the sport of drag racing. Carl Stevens Jr., he's obviously already accepted his invitation. We announced that uh, last week. But uh, and then uh, in 2019, or was it 19? Yeah, 2019, the late he's, Scotty he's Oaks. Fully, is, he, is he fully recovered from getting shot with a champagne cork? bottle of cork? No, no, I, no, he's not. And he actually, okay. the first thing he said to me was he was ready to take another champagne cork to the face. Um, <laughs> for those that don't know, uh, my wife was opening a bottle of champagne in the winter circle and the cork hit Carl Stevens right in the face. I mean, like four feet away it hurt um, but nonetheless really cool deal so we've we've granted exemptions uh, long story short to everybody that uh, uh, everybody that has won one of our events in the past so uh, it's an exciting thing for us and it's a way for us to kind of tell people thank you you know uh, for yep. supporting us all these years congrats on your success you deserve it so yep uh, give us the list give us the oh the yeah, 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 yeah. here we go all right, for those that don't know, we have invited the one and only Mark Mickey, the world's fastest radial tire car, uh, Tommy Franklin, Justin Bond, NHRA Pro Mod frontrunner, Frankie the Madman Taylor, owner of the quickest eighth-mile door, door car pass in the history of the world, Jim Halsey. This guy is a man amongst men, uh, incredible superstar, nitrous racer, Randy Merrick, reigning NMCA Extreme Pro Mod World Champion. I'm especially proud of these other series champions that are involved. I think that is very meaningful, and it's my goal that the NMCA masses rally around their champion, rally around Randy Merrick, Missouri's own Randy Merrick, and support him. I expect to see people down in Bradenton waving an NMCA flag because they have a guy in the hunt. They have a dog in the fight. It's very, very important. Melanie Salemi, she's had a hell of a year in 2022. Um, one win, but innumerable records, amazing runs all year long. Her and her husband, John Salemi, will be down a part of it. Uh, Jason Scruggs. I need I say anymore, uh, an absolute icon when it comes to door slammer drag racing. So excited to have him. Nitrous frontrunner Chris Reaney, Stevie Fast Jackson, the most electrifying personality in drag racing today, no doubt about it. The aforementioned Carl Stevens Jr., Mike Decker Jr., in it, reigning NEOPMA, Northeast Outlaw Pro Mod Association champion, Dustin Nesloni, Midwest Drag Racing Series world champion. Um, Manny Bajinga, star uh, in the radial racing world, X275, Pro 275, threw his hat in the ring with no prep kings, won four straight races over there in the futures category, no time grudge racing, bracket racing, superstar Travis Harvey, who I would like to acknowledge has had... I don't know that we saw any of these invitation announcements be more uh, more well-received than Travis Harvey. Super excited to have the Carolina kid as a part of the World Series of Pro Mod. Jay Cox and the Pumpkin, of course, will be down there. His famed and feared Orange 69 Camaro. Mark Woody Woodruff, one of the most celebrated characters, not only in all of drag racing, but specifically small tire and radial racing. Owner and founder of Woody Mart, uh, an incredible human being, an incredible ambassador for the sport of drag racing, and someone who absolutely deserves to be involved in a race like this. Um, this morning, we announced a, a dear friend of mine, Tommy Cunningham, a front runner in the Midwest Drag Racing Series, has been thrown into the mix. Him and his father, a, ge a second-generation racer. He races with his brother, his mom. It's a family affair. His wife, they've got a 67 Mustang that looks like a Hertz Rent-A-Racer. I mean, every storyline you can ask for, we're delivering them in spades. And as you just found out, the one, the only Jason Harris um, and and Big Papa Bob will be down there uh, fighting for $100,000 along with 20 other yet-to-be-named drivers. So, guys. Did you say Dean? 
Oh, yeah. Dean Marinas. Did yeah. I skip Dean? No, Dean Marinas. Oh, my God. Oh, Dean Marinas. And I've got a really important list here, but I, I can't. Oh. <laughs> um, I was going to show you guys. Look at this. The way I've been doing this at home, like I've been keeping this. Uh, boom, boom, boom. I'm not going to show it real big because it'll tell too much. It'll give stuff away. But like I've got a dry erase board, right? Like, can you see it? Dry erase board. With all with post-it notes and all my names, right? Of because I'm trying. Somebody's to, gonna go back and screenshot that. Yeah, probably. You digitally enhance anything. it. Zoom yeah. in. Enhance. enhance. It's gonna be spectacular, enhance. you guys. I honestly can't wait. I can hardly sleep. I can I can't hardly tell, man. I, I can't. I, I want you to bring your enthusiasm and excitement level up a little bit, please. Okay. Uh, it's it's kind of lacking right now. Um, man, I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting some sponsor support as we talk, man. Um, absolutely. No, it's, this is an incredible thing. Drag racing needs it guys. And I mean, and if we're able to sec secure a couple of these, like if I get Ron caps in a car, Katie bar the door, like we're fitting to change the game forever. Um, but no, this is an exciting time. And, and I want to say to That's everyone, everyone the best drivers from all around, like not all just yeah, yeah. all over the all country, around. all series, yep. all power adders. That's, that's yeah. the, so you uh, know, like I guess I might as well. You know big. who I invited? I invited. Um, why am I drawing blank on his name? That's really embarrassing because I was just about to drop some. Ryan Martin and Kai Kelly. You invited. I just invited Ryan yeah. Martin and Kai Kelly. Um, yeah. and I'm serious. I will. They're a hundred percent in, locked in. Um, open invitation to uh, Ryan Martin and Kai Kelly if they'd like them. to participate. Um, you should. Then uh, what was the other one? I was just getting ready to say. Um, gosh dang it! I was just talking to him. He lives in Australia. Um, John Zapia. I called him up. I said, hey, man, uh, any chance you'd ship a car from Australia for a race in in, uh, <laughs> in March? And he's like, man, I'm over here compete for a championship right now. I don't know if I can make it happen. He did tell me that he's available to drive a car, and I'm working on that a little bit right now because I think it would be – I really – my ultimate goal is to have the entire world represented. I think it's going to be important to have somebody from – you know, the FIA series over in Europe involved. I think it would be important to have somebody from any of the Middle Eastern series that have existed over the years. I think it's going to be important to have somebody from Australia involved, um, some Canadians. I would love to, uh, to figure out a way to get these import cars involved. I'm not sure exactly how uh, I'm going to, we're going to handle that. But I, if we can, if we can accommodate a four cylinder or a six cylinder car, I think that that would be it would be a step in the right direction. And here's the other thing that we have to do, and I want to ask everybody to understand this. Bear with us, okay? This is, this is our first time doing this, so get, we've got to maintain room for growth. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, and that's what I, the conversation I keep having. So before you MF me up and down on Facebook for not getting invited, remember that I can almost guarantee you the field will slightly increase in 2024. Um, you guys have heard me all for the last several weeks rant and rave about what I want this to become, and it's going to take all of us. So if it works out that you don't get in this year, bear with me, all right? Because I'm going to do my best to accommodate the masses as we move forward and this becomes whatever it becomes. Our um, ladder so is going to become an extension ladder. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I mean that's, that's the goal, right? The ladder is going to become an extension ladder. So please, you know, bear with us because if it doesn't work out that we get you involved in 2023, I'm not closing the door on anybody. Right. And so we just, but I need to have room to grow. Um, I got some stuff that I'm working on that I think will take this to an even, 
greater level um, in 2024 and beyond, but it, it's going to take us a little bit of time and I've got to, I've got to give us room to grow. If we start at the finish line, I mean, what's the fun in that, right? So, yep. all right, guys. Well, hey, thank you all so much for joining us every Wednesday afternoon. It's uh, it's an incredible honor to get to join you guys to talk drag racing and I know that I come across like a psychopath that's like overly excited about all this stuff, but I, <laughs> but I think everybody, all of us, this is a sport that's built on passion, right? We, all of us live for this stuff. We can't wait for the next opportunity to get to the racetrack. We can't get, we can't wait for the next opportunity to be around our brothers and sisters in arms. So thanks for the understanding. Thanks for the support. Thanks for being a part of it because as much as we appreciate the, 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 the kudos that we get, it, it's not us. It's, it's all of y'all. Seriously, the yep. sport of drag racing, this community is special. It is absolutely special. And you guys deserve more. You know, you deserve to be superstars. You deserve to be known around the world. And it is our dying wish that we accomplish that. So thank you guys so much. And uh, we will see you next Wednesday, 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on the Drag Illustrated Facebook page. Remember, stay tuned to Drag Illustrated social media channels, uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, even Twitter now that Elon bought it, you know, um, <laughs> we back. went back and forth. Who you buying it? Or am I buying it? What, how are we going to do this? <laughs> but uh, I do think that uh, I'm going to dive into Twitter now. Um, but yeah, stay tuned to our social media morning and afternoon releases for drivers. We will be announcing uh, Jason Harris here in about 41 minutes, but we've got a couple of haters coming at y'all tomorrow. Uh, we've got some real heaters coming at you tomorrow. So just brace text, yourself just and uh, stay in touch. And he'll hit you yeah. back up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Text Mike then. directly. It's seven oh four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, it's printed in the magazine. It is in the magazine. Yeah, just look in there and text him up. He'll send you the list. Uh, <laughs> thanks, guys. See you soon. All right. All right. Later, y'all. Thanks, guys.